2: Recorded live. Greetings, welcome
0: to today's broadcast of this Gospel of the Kingdom, brought to you by I Saw the Light Ministries dot com. This is Pastor Tim of I Saw the Light Ministries, and today uh, on this broadcast is the live Sabbath services of I Saw the Light Ministries, coming to you from East Tennessee, and uh Today's date on the Roman calendar is August 8, 2015, and the God's created calendar, it is the 23rd day, of the 5th month. So we're going to uh, do a couple of worship songs here and prayer, and then we'll get in today's sermon. So if everybody please stand, and uh, we'll
2: start with the uh, yellow songbooks on top there. page left. Good.
0: Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for this day, for another day that we're not in prison, we're not in jail, we're not in a nursing home, we are not in a funeral home, we are not in a hospital, we are not in a bed, bedridden, we're not in wheelchairs here. We thank you, God, for all the blessings and provisions today, for life itself and for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for calling us, choosing us for this generation, for this time uh, such an important time that you have chosen us for. Thank you, God, for entrusting us with the end time work, with the most important work. We thank you, God, for entrusting us, for giving us a very high calling. Thank you, God, for the cool breeze, for the shade, for this pavilion, for the privacy, for the safety. Thank you, God, for the quiet. Thank you, God, for the food we're going to receive spiritually and physically. Thank you for our brothers and sisters that have chosen to serve you today. We thank you, God, for allowing us. Thank you, God, for calling us. We ask God that you bless these services and help us, God, to put our focus upon you, one mind, one accord, one spirit, to serve you, to hear your word and to apply your image into our hearts, to our mind, your word, your blood, your life, your spirit, your word. May these things transform our hearts, our minds, and our souls look like you, be one with you, be in unity, one mind and one accord with you. Not be rebel, not be rebellious, not be resistant to the truth, to your word, to your spirit, to your love, but be in agreement, walk in agreement. You may dwell in us and us in you. Ask God, you will be done in these services, blessed and hearing and the receiving. And everything that's done, let it be to the Father's glory in Jesus'
2: name. So be it. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Okay. Again, for the record, again, one more time. Today is August eighth, two thousand fifteen.
0: A.D., the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, God's created calendar,
2: the 23rd day of the fifth month, 23rd day of the fifth month, and we're going to be reading from New American Standard Bible,
0: and starting in the book of John, chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're going to be talking about putting our eyes on Jesus. That's so very important. It's the most important thing we can do. To receive eternal life, to walk in peace, to walk in joy and comfort, to walk in the Holy Ghost, To have power, to have authority in this day and time to defeat the enemy. Everything. All of our goals, all of our purposes, all of our needs can be met by putting our eyes on the shepherd who leads the way. By putting our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our focus on Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. In John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, going down to verse 14. Chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. And the Word, I actually says in the beginning, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, with God, all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being. That has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. All in Jesus Christ, the light. He is the lighthouse. He is the flashlight. He is the light which shines in darkness and makes the darkness flee. He was the light of men. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Before there was anything, only God existed. Even before the sun, the moon, and the stars. He was the only light shining in darkness. But darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness had no mind. The darkness had no comprehension. The darkness had no knowledge nor wisdom of God. And that's why way darkness is today. It thinks it has wisdom. The devil was more uh, subtle, more wise than all the beasts of the field, with a false knowledge, a false wisdom of science, a false knowledge and wisdom of Islam, and not a false science and wisdom of mankind and of the evil. But it has no mind. It's dead. There's no light in it. There's no life in it. It does not comprehend the things of God. Verse 6, there came a man sent from God whose name was John, John the baptizer. He came as a witness to testify about the light. John did not come to bring the Torah or to focus on the Torah or to focus on the law. He came to focus on Jesus. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, John wasn't, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world is made through him. Jesus Christ made The world, he is creator, he is heavenly father. The world was made through him, and the world did not know him. The darkness did not comprehend the light. Verse 11, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Verse 13 who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God was born of his own design, and we are born of his own design. This verse 13 can be applied, can be, should be, is very appropriately to be applied to both Jesus and to the other sons of God, us. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw him. We saw his glory. Glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw Jesus Christ, John said. John saw him. John the Baptist and John the Apostle both saw the image of God, the graven image of God the express image of God. God on earth, in the flesh, tabernacling among us, is the light. John pointed to the light. John could have pointed to the physical temple, which was in existence at that time, but John did not point to the temple. He pointed to Jesus Christ. But John the baptizer also did speak out against the sins of the governors, sins of the kings, sins of the people, sins of the religious people. He pointed out the sins of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He called them names straight to their face. John the Baptizer caused much controversy, much debate. He was hated of men. He was despised of men. He was beheaded. But he still pointed to Jesus Christ. So many people claim, try to say, falsely accuse us when we point out the sins of the kings and the governors and when we point out the sin of perdition and when we point out sin and homosexuality and abortion. When we speak out against evil, the darkness does not comprehend the light. The darkness does not comprehend the light in us because it's God. The darkness does not comprehend the things of God. It's impossible for them to do so. They're in darkness. They are dead. There's no light in them. And so they falsely falsely accuse us of not putting our eyes on Jesus. Both the lost and the so-called saved members of Babylon, they both accuse us of the same thing. Accuse us of not being Christ-like, of not looking upon Christ, of not sounding like Christ, because they haven't read the words of Christ. Not enough. they all only read John three sixteen and Matthew 7, verse 1. It's about the only two verses of the whole Bible that they read. Judge not. And all you got to do is believe. Uh, so they're very selective in the verses that they choose and scratch everything else, ignore the word of God. It's not really in them of how to live in the light. Falsely accusing the light, falsely accusing the sons of God, falsely ac- accusing the family of God, the children of God, and the servants and the ambassadors of God. But the truth is when we point to the son of tradition, when we point to the sins of the world, when we point to judgment in the land, when we point to fulfilled prophecy, When we point to the coming great tribulation we're pointing to jesus christ we are pointing that all these things are pointing to christ even as the law pointed to christ even as the temple pointed to christ even as our physical body temples are supposed to point to christ we point to christ our eyes are on jesus when we're speaking of all these things because all these things are written in the word of god All these things are written in the Holy Scriptures as a witness to us. And all these things bring glory to God when we point them out. For the light manifests what is in the dark. The light manifests the truth and reveals things that don't want things to be revealed. Darkness don't want things to be revealed. But by the light it's revealed. By the light man's sins are revealed. By the light that's why they don't like us. That's why they hate us. Because the light manifests their sins. The light shines upon them and they're vampires in the dark that resistes the light can't stand the light. Because light will kill darkness. Light will kill darkness. Amen. That's for us. For us. In this dark world as we're living in this intensely dark world that's getting darker by the moment. And we feel that darkness. We see that darkness in the world. We see that darkness in people walking down the street, walking in Walmart, all the stores, restaurants, places where we go, in our families, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, TV. Everywhere as we look, there is darkness manifest. And it grows We don't like it. The Darkness is the enemy
2: of God and it is our enemy. And because of all that darkness, it can cause us
0: to wear down a little bit. It can cause us to feel weary, to feel stressed, frustrated. It can cause us feel weak. It can cause us to feel like that. It can cause us to feel sick. It can also cause us to falsely accuse ourselves. It can also cause us to falsely think that we're pulling totally to the darkness and not to God at all. That's their accusation. That's the false accusation of the devil. That's the false accusation of the lost. And after you hear it so many times and after you keep pointing and keep pointing and keep pointing toward sin, toward darkness, toward Christmas, toward Easter,
2: toward Valentine's
0: Day, toward all the evil and deception in the world and you keep pointing it out and you keep looking at it and you keep looking at the sin of perdition the fallen angels, the demons, and that Rome, and that sin, and that darkness, and that evil, and that sting, and that pollution, and that deception, that can kind of wear, wear you down and make you wonder, is your eyes really on God? And the answer is, if you're pointing at all these things for God, for the sake of the kingdom, to wake people up, and to keep yourself unfluted from the world and to try to save their lives, yes, your eyes is on God. But we have to have the right balance and we have to take time to look directly at the light. Even though when we point out all the darkness of the world, to save them, and to keep us unpolluted from the world. With much reason, very just reason, that we look at the darkness and take that and point to Christ, and point them to Christ. All this has its purpose. But we have to also take time to look directly at the light. Take time to look directly at Jesus Christ. So we're going to focus a little bit on that. We're, today we're going to take time to focus more directly on Jesus Christ Himself. Let's look at chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 19
2: to 21. Chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world.
0: And men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For so everyone who does, not, who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested, as having been work, worked in God, or come to be in God. So, we look at the light to expose our sin. Now, the darkness does not want the light to come. The darkness hates the light because it will manifest what their sins are, expose their sin. But we want that. We want for the light to expose our sin. We want to be praying something similar to God shine your light in me and let me see my faults, my sins. Help me to know my sins that I may repent, confess. So many people don't even know their sins. I don't even see how that's possible. I, I know my sins all too well that so many people don't even know their sin. And I hear that all the time That people say that expression, and I heard it very recently, of uh, when something's going wrong in their life and they got all this trial and tribulation in their life, they would say, uh, I don't know what I've done to deserve this. And that mystifies me when they say that because I can always think of something I've done To deserve any bad or trial or tribulation that comes against me, something comes against me, I know immediately. I know what I did. So it just mystifies me of how somebody can say that they don't know what they've done. They deserve something. But that's the difference between the world and those that are in the light because the light reveals to us what we have done. We walk in the light and as lifestyle our lifestyle of walking in the light, we know our sins. We we confess our
2: sins. We're willing to know what we've done. Now let's we'll go to chapter five, verse thirty five.
0: 5.35. Talking about Jesus, it says he was the lamp that was burning and was shining and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. God is the light. He is the lighthouse. He is the flashlight. He is the lamp. That was burning, and was shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in His light. We need to rejoice in His light, and every day we need to take a vacation of an hour, a thirty minutes, a fifteen minutes, however long you can spare that day to. Take a little vacation. Take a take a while to rest in Jesus Christ. To rejoice in Jesus Christ. It says, willing to rejoice for a while. In my margin, there it says, rejoice for an hour in His light. It is a very good thing to take an hour of a day to rejoice in God in this world that can so much weigh you down. Be very burdensome. We need to take the trash out every day. We need to take a fresh shower in Jesus Christ every day. We need to turn on that light every day that will cast out the darkness. Because if you do take that time of worship, of prayer, of praise, of thanksgiving, time of God, you're turning on that light and that darkness and the burdens and the anxiety and the fear And all the stress of the darkness will flee. It cannot exist in the light. The darkness cannot exist in the light. So we have to make sure that we draw close to the light. We have to make sure that we cuddle up to the lamp and let that light shine on us, shine deep inside us. And the more often we do this and the more time that we take to do this. And the longer our vacation with Christ is, the more that life will take effect, cast out the darkness. So we need to take time each day to rejoice in God, to take time to rejoice in God. 5.35, to, to rejoice. He was the lamp that was burning and was shining. You were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. So, we need to take the time every day to take some time to rejoice. The Bible says that He inhabits the praises of His people. And when He comes, the darkness cannot stay. So, when we do make that effort, that step, to draw near unto Him, He responds back to come near to us and have that intimate relationship. So it's very, very important to spend time in private worship. You don't have to wait for Sabbath services to sing. You don't have to wait for Sabbath services to rejoice or to praise or to worship. Worship should be a lifestyle. Thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. Prayer should be a lifestyle, and rejoicing should be a lifestyle. We should not have a lifestyle of burdensome. We should not be like Martha, Martha and Mary. We should not be like Martha. And I've known so many people like this who were so lived in a lifestyle of burden, a lifestyle of anxiety, a lifestyle of fear, a lifestyle of being weighed down, or being negative. We need a lifestyle of rejoicing, lifestyle of prayer, lifestyle of worship, lifestyle of walking in the light on a daily basis. Now let's go to 8.12. After 8, verse 12.
2: Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me
0: will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. We are to be followers of Jesus Christ, not fans only, but followers. He is the light, he is the lighthouse, he is the shepherd, Psalm 23. And if he is the shepherd, then we follow him. We follow the light. Where the light goes, we follow him. And if we're following the light, we won't walk in darkness. We won't sin. We won't curse the more that we walk in the light. If we're walking in the spirit of Jesus Christ, God is in us, then how can we, how can we sin? How can we sin on our knees? How can we sin in prayer? How can we sin in the Holy Ghost? How can we sin in the presence and in the power of the Holy Spirit? How can we sin if we're walking in the light? So we need to put on that whole armor of God, including that helmet of salvation, all the way from the head to the feet, that whole armor of God, even with the sword to fight with, that whole armor of God that we may walk in the light. So if we have to, then we, before we leave the home, before we leave the car, before we walk out the door, we can apply physically the whole armor of God by saying, I put on the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, so forth, anointing yourself with oil, taking time to pray before you go in the store, taking time to pray when you come out, taking time to pray in the middle of the aisle, taking time to pray as you drive. Throughout the day, having a lifestyle of prayer without ceasing. Prayer without ceasing, what does that mean? Does that mean you're actually literally praying every second of the day? No. But it means a lifestyle of prayer, of where you don't pray just every morning and every night, but you're praying throughout the day. As you go about your routine, as you talk to people, as you see people, you pray for that one when you see them, you pray for that one when you see them. Maybe not every person, but some of the people that you see through the day and talk through through the day, and people on the Internet, and people that you hear about, it's a lifestyle of prayer, and it's a lifestyle of praise and of worship. So it says here, a twelve.
2: That you won't walk in darkness if you're in the light. Gotcha. I murdered a spider in the middle of the service,
0: <laughs> and so. A lifestyle of prayer, I say, thank you, God, for giving mankind dominion over the crawling and creeping things of the earth and over the flying gnats and flies. I take power and authority over the prince of the flies. I take power and authority over these things. Amen. So a lifestyle a prayer, power, authority, walking in the light, every time I kill a bug, I pray just about. Sometimes not. Sometimes I neglect it. But a lot of times, you know, and when we drink, when we eat, when we do this, when we do that, it's a lifestyle. So, we don't walk in the darkness if we're walking in the light. And we don't sin if we're walking in the light. That's something I've got to work on. Something we all have to work on, to walk in the light more.
2: And the more we walk
0: in the light, the less we'll walk in darkness and less we'll sin until we do become sin-free. And people like, that's impossible. It's not impossible. God said to be holy as he is holy, to be perfect. He said so. And it would not tell us to do something. We're going to read more scriptures about this. So it's not impossible. We just got to walk in the light. We just got to look at the light more directly. We got to look at everything. We got to be conscious, not bury your head in the sand. And everything points to Christ. Everything points to Christ. Everything. There's nothing that came into being that did not come through Him. He created all things, even the devil. He created all things, even the son of perdition. He created all things, including the fallen angels, knowing that they would fall. Everything points to Christ. And He is in total control. And everything that's happened is meant to be. So we walk in the light. So let's look at chapter nine, verse five. Nine
2: five. While I am in the world, I am the light. Of the world.
0: Now he's always the light of the world, but he's saying that when he was in the world, that he was the bright light, that he was the flashlight shining in darkness, even as we should be now that he's going back to the Father, the larger measure of the Holy Spirit. Now let's
2: look at chapter 11, verse 9. 11, 9. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does
0: not stumble. If we walk in the light, we do not stumble. We do not sin. Because he sees, the light of this world. If our eyes are on Jesus, we cannot stumble. How can we stumble? How can we sin when we're looking at Jesus? If we look at Jesus, do we not know he's looking straight back? So how can we sin? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the the night, he stumbles. Because the light is not in him. So the more we sin, the more I sin, the more darkness is in me. So I have to return back to the light. Look at the light. Talk to the light. Have a relationship with the light. Walk in the light. Chapter 12, verse 32 to 36.
2: 12, 32 to 36. Verse 32, 12, And I, if I am lifted up
0: from the earth like a lighthouse is lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself like a lighthouse. Draw all men to himself. But he was saying this to indicate this kind of death by which he was to die. The crowd then answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up die, who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. It's like taking a match or stick into the campfire and, and dwell in the light long enough, dwell in the fire of God long enough to when you pull away that you're still on fire. So you light other matches, you light other sticks by putting them in there. So the more that we are in the presence of God, we catch on fire for God. The more that we draw Near to Him to rejoice in praise and worship in our private time during the week. Every day taking an hour. Every day taking a few minutes. Every day taking a period of time to get into the light. To get into the fire of God. To dwell, to tabernacle, to sit, to wait for the promise from on high. To feel His presence. To worship. To lift our hands. To lift our arms in worship, in our own home, in our cars, in our bathrooms, in our closets, in our bedrooms, wherever we are. Take time to worship, to praise on a daily basis, and have a lifestyle through the day. Raising our hands as we walk through Walmart. Raising our hands as we walk through our yard, as we walk down the street. Not being fearful of any man, of what they think or do. If we have joy in our heart, how can we hide it? How can we hide our light under a bushel? Let your light so shine before men that they may see the light of the world in you. We need to be less inhibited when it comes to shining. We need to be less inhibited when it comes to rejoicing and praising and thanking God and talking to God. We need to be less inhibited about praying and worshiping and serving God. We need to confess God before man, not being ashamed of
2: him, and not being ashamed of the gospel. We need to be sons of light. We need to be that stick
0: that was cut in the fire and came out still burning. Sons of light. Look at verse 46. 46. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain
2: in darkness. we got to come out of the darkness. Chapter 14, verse 1. 14.1 Do not Let your heart
0: be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let it happen. We have power. We have authority to control our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls, our flesh. We can say stop. Don't be worried. Peace. Be still when the storm is raging. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. How much do we trust in God? How much do we believe in God? How much faith do we have? A little faith? Jesus said, Oh, all you have little faith. Little faith is not good. We need the faith of a mustard seed that grows into a big tree. Amen. Not one that stays small. Verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. So we got to look to Him. He knows the way. He is the way. we got to look to Him. We've got to take time to put our eyes on Jesus Christ directly. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the shepherd. No one comes to the Father but through me. So if we want to go to the Father, we've got to put our eyes on the shepherd. We've got to put our eyes on Jesus and then we'll see the image of God. we got to put our eyes on Jesus, the mediator between us and the Holy Spirit. We have to put our eyes on Jesus. Verse 7. If you had known me, you would have also known my Father also. From now on you, see, you know him and have seen him. When we look at Jesus, we look upon the Father. We see the Father through Jesus Christ, so we got to look in order to see. So we got to take time to see. Take time to see. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. So we got to keep this commandment. I will ask the Father; He will give you another Comforter, another Helper, meaning another manifestation of Himself. That He'll come in another rule, in another manifestation, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. There is only one spirit of truth. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him. Do we see him? It does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. Who is that? That's Jesus
2: Christ. Amen. Verse 18, I will not leave you as
0: orphans. I will come to you. So who is the helper? Who is the comforter? Who is the ghost of a person that died and rose again? I will come to you. He identifies himself. He identifies the comforter. He identifies the Holy Ghost. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. We've got to put our eyes on the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ, crucified, resurrected, glorified. We've got to see Jesus. We've got to look at Jesus. Put our eyes on Jesus. Because I live that you will live also. In that day I will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments, keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love Him and will disclose, manifest myself to Him, reveal myself to Him. That word disclose means uh, manifest or reveal myself to Him. So right there he's saying through the Holy Ghost I is another manifestation of myself. I will disclose myself. I will manifest myself to you. He identifies the Holy Ghost right
2: there that it is a Him, Amen. Verse 26. But the Helper, of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, King James says, whom the
0: Father was sent in my name. Whose name? Jesus' name. What is the name of the Holy Ghost? Jesus. But the Helper, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father was sent in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to you all remembrance, remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Second time he says that. Verse 1 and then again in this verse.
2: So, if our hearts are troubled, look upon Jesus. if our hearts be troubled, if we don't have peace. If we don't have enough peace, look to
0: Jesus. How do we do that? Take time to rejoice, to look upon the positive things, the things are praiseworthy, Philippians 4. Yes, we've got to look at the darkness. We can't bury our heads in the sand. It is our job and our duty as members of this congregation, of this work, of this kingdom, of this ministry, to point and look and to show people who the Son of Tradition is so that they may escape Him, so that they will not fall victim to Him. We need to point out the Catholic Church, the Church of Babylon, Islam, adultery, homosexuality, the identity of the four horsemen, the identity of the Son of Tradition. That is our job and our duty. That is all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. It's all for Jesus. Jesus. So remember, when you are weak, when you are burdened, when you are weary, when you are fearful, when you are troubled, you've got to say, stop. Peace. Be still. Look at Jesus. Worship, praise, fall to your knees. Raise your hand. Lift your voice and praise Jesus. And the burdens will roll away It works every time. It always works for me. Always works for me. Look to Jesus. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. He is the prince of peace. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Amen. Praise God. These are good words to write down, to remember, to read in our times of trouble. Let's look at Isaiah
2: 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. 26, verse 3, Isaiah. The steadfast of
0: mine you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Amen. Perfect peace whose mind stays on you. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. Not just worldly peace, not just a little bit of peace, but perfect peace whose mind will stay on thee. Perfect peace because he trust, because we trust, because we trust in Jesus that He has power over the storm, that the storm has a purpose, that God is in control, that the Father sees the storm and is in control of the ship, and He is the lighthouse. Amen. Perfect peace. Trust in Jesus. How do we trust in Jesus? We look at the lighthouse. We look at Jesus. Matthew four twelve. Twelve to seventeen. Matthew four
2: twelve to seventeen. reading from New American Standard Bible,
0: Matthew 4, verse 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John, talking about John the baptizer, had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Verse 14. This was to fulfill What was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet, quote, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in darkness, saw a great light. Talk about Jesus Christ. These people of the world, sitting in darkness, saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death upon them a light dawned, a man, praise God. Praise God. Jesus that light. I saw the light. I was in darkness. I was had gone astray. I was in sin. But I saw the light. Not just any light. But the great light. Amen. Verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, Amen. Now he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So as soon as we see that light, what does that light say to us? He, repent of our sins, because the light manifests the sin. The light reveals what your sin is. When we come to the light, when we see the light, we come to the knowledge, confession, and repentance of our sins. That is very, very, very significant. That, as soon as it quotes this verse from Isaiah, it says that Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did Jesus come to preach the Torah? No. Jesus came to reveal what the Torah was really and truly all about, relationship with God and with man, how to love God and how to love man in the spirit of the law in contrast to the letter of the law that the Pharisees focused on. He was the light that revealed the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, what it was all about, manifesting what our sins were, that we may repent, of how we was breaking the law when we focused on the letter of the law but not on the spirit of the law. Even though the Pharisees and Sadducees knew every letter of the Scriptures, I, I know they could quote Scripture better than any preacher today, but they did not know how to teach it. They did not know what it was about. Even today, so many people Research into the letter of the law, focusing on the Torah, focusing on the letter, focusing on the law, but their eyes are not on Jesus. I know we must know the Scripture from A to Z. We know we must know the Scripture, and Jesus is the A to the Z, the Alpha and the Omega. Omega. He is the Word of God. We must know Him and His Spirit even more than the letter. We must know the author of the book more than the letter of the book. There are some people that's not able to read the Bible they can't read. But it's not impossible for them to know the spirit of the law. It's not impossible for them to know the Word of God. It's not impossible for them to come to the same knowledge and understanding of the truth that we have come through reading the Scriptures if they just put their eyes upon Jesus Christ. He is able to reveal. It's the Holy Ghost that teaches us all things. Amen. He is the great teacher. He is the light which reveals the darkness, reveals the sin, reveals how the breaking of the law comes to be. We need to know the Ten Commandments. We need to know know the history of the Bible. We need to know about the Red Sea and the crossing of the Red Sea. We need to know about Moses and Mount Sinai. We need to know about all that. So all that points to Jesus Christ. All that's written to point to Jesus. All biblical prophecy points to Jesus. From A to Z, from Genesis to Revelation, every bit of it, every word of it, every sentence, every paragraph, every page, every chapter, every book points to Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, the New Testament, both point to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment. Come to Jesus. Look upon Jesus. Look upon Jesus. If we want to make it to the finish line, look upon Jesus. He is standing at the finish line, is he not? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher
2: of our faith. Praise God. Let's look at chapter 16, verse 28. Matthew sixteen twenty-eight. That's the last verse of Matthew 16. Matthew 16, last
0: verse of Matthew 16, verse 28. So i read that verse down uh, through 17, verse 9.
2: From verse 28 down to 17, verse 9. Chapter 16, verse 28 says, And remember that
0: in the original scrolls, in the original scriptures, there was no chapter division. So there's no division between verse 28 and verse 1. No chapter divisions in the original scriptures. These chapter divisions were not added until around 1590 or somewhere in that time zone of the 1590 with the uh, Geneva Bible. That's when the, the verse numbers and the chapter numbers first appeared. In verse 28 it says, Truly I say to you, and that word truly there is Amen. In the original scriptures in Greek, Amen I say to you. There are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until the son, until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now, that's very, very, very important to read that verse there before you read chapter 17. There was no division between the two. They're directly connected. Very important that we read that verse before chapter 17. Now, he says that there are some of those who are standing here, right there in front of him, on that day, at that time, 2,000 years ago, that would not taste death until they see Jesus Christ coming in the kingdom. Did it happen? Yes. Because those people died without Jesus actually coming to the earth, but in the second coming, that is to establish His kingdom. But they did see Jesus coming in the kingdom. They did see in a vision which is detailed, described in this next chapter, chapter 17. It's called the transfiguration, which traditional religious denominations of man has taught us that chapter 17, the transfiguration, actually happened right there and then. But it didn't. It was only a vision that Peter and the others saw. It was only a vision that they saw, and they saw a vision of Jesus Christ coming in the kingdom, which is still yet to occur. They did not taste death. They did not. Peter did. Peter and others did not taste death until they saw this vision of Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfilled his word. Jesus fulfilled his word. And it happened that they saw him coming in his kingdom. Chapter 17, verse 1. Six days later, after Jesus said that, it was fulfilled. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. Just Jesus and these three men, Peter, James, and John. Verse 2, and he was transfigured before them, but this was in the vision. As we keep reading, we will learn that. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. This is a vision of Jesus coming in the kingdom. If you look at Revelation, you see this. And his garments became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, meaning tent, not, not meaning great or big giant temples, but meaning tents, dwelling places where they could uh, spend the time. Verse 5, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And A voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground and were terrified. Notice they went face down, not backwards. You will never ever read anywhere in the scriptures where a obedient servant of God, obedient servant of God, went backwards. It's always only the sinners that fall backwards. Yes, God can make a person go backwards if you are a sinner, but the righteous always fall face down. If you do not believe me, search the Scriptures and see. Without exception, the obedient always fall face forward, face down to the ground and were terrified. Verse 7, And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. We need to see Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to put our eyes on Jesus and see Jesus and Jesus alone. Yes, we need to see everything and be conscious of everything and not bury our heads in the sand. But we need to take time to get away from the others even as Jesus brought only these three men, not the whole crowd. It was a private situation. We need to get alone with God and put our eyes on Jesus and on the kingdom, on the finish line. We need to put our eyes on the same thing that Peter and John and, who was it, James? We need to put, yeah, James and John and Peter. We need to put our eyes on Jesus in the kingdom. Amen. Verse 9, And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them saying, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Amen. So that there, it was a vision that they saw. There's other clues to that as well. But it was a vision of Jesus in the kingdom. Put our eyes on Jesus in the kingdom, the finish line. Luke chapter one, book of Luke chapter one, verse seventy six to seventy nine.
2: Luke one seventy six to seventy nine. Luke 176. And you, child, talk about John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of
0: the Most High. But you will go on before the Lord to prepare His way. That's so talking about Jesus Christ. going, to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the way of Jesus Christ coming. So here it calls Jesus Lord. Jesus is Lord. Verse 77, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation for the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high, talking about Jesus, the sunrise from on high will visit us. Why does it call Jesus sunrise from on high? Because the sun rises and the darkness flees. The sun rises as a new day, as a dawning of a new day, as a breaking of a new day. The night is gone. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When that sun rises in our heart, we can have joy. Look to the light, the darkness will flee. Look upon the sunrise, look upon Jesus Christ. Verse 79 to shine. Upon those, shine upon me, Jesus. To shine upon those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into what? The way of peace. If we need peace, if we need more peace, I need more peace. I need to look at the light more. To guide our feet that we will not stumble. Did it not say that before in the previous verses that we've been reading? about if we're in the light, we will not stumble. He will guide our feet so that we won't trip, so that we won't be caught in the snares, so that we won't be caught in the traps that's been laid along the way. Amen. In fact, verse 76 here, to prepare His ways. If you studied the Greek there in Matthew and in Mark here, about preparing the ways for the Lord and make way straight His path, it talks about preparing the roadway, about preparing the path, to clear the potholes to make it level. When the light of God shines upon the path, then it becomes level. It's not so much uphill. It's not so many holes in the surface because it is all sealed by Jesus Christ that we can walk the straight and narrow path clearly that we may see the way of that straight and narrow path. Without stumbling. Amen. The way of peace. The way of peace. Amen. Praise God. And the child continued to grow and to become strong in spirit. We need to become strong in spirit. And he lived in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Amen. Now let's look at chapter 10. Luke ten thirty-eight. Praise God. We want to look at a lot of scriptures which point to Jesus Christ. Here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept
2: upon precept. Luke ten thirty-eight. This is talking about Mary and Martha. I think this
0: account of what occurred is so vital, so important for this day and this time. Luke ten thirty-eight. Now as they were traveling along, as we were traveling along in this journey that we are on as pilgrims and strangers in this land. Now as they were traveling along, they entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. There's a lot of people. Welcoming Jesus Christ into their home, but then they become burdened by the presence of the Lord. She welcomed Jesus into her home, but then she became burdened by serving him. Verse 39 She had a sister called Mary who was seated, she was at rest. Mary was seated at the Lord's feet. Amen. Listening to His Word. If we take time to sit down and rest at His feet, to worship at His feet, to look upon His feet, to look upon Him, listening to His Word, taking time in His Word. Verse 40. But Martha, but Martha was distracted from God. Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came to Him and said, Lord, and she called Him Lord and welcomed Him into her home and called Him Lord. Do you not care? So many people say that to God. Do you not care? Do you not care that my sister has left me Focusing on herself, her burden, her trial, her tribulation, has left me. I, I, I have left me to do all the serving alone. Then tell her to help me. She's commanding or asking of the Lord what he needs to do. Trying to tell God what to do. We do that in our prayers so much instead of what I need to do to make things better, pointing the finger, what's happening with somebody else, and what God needs to do. God knows what He needs to do. God already wants to do. God is already trying to do everything that He needs to do, wants to do. He knows His work. We need to focus
2: on loving Him and loving our sister, loving
0: our brother, the Ten Commandments. The spirit of the law is to love God and to love fellow man as ourselves. Verse 41, But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and burdened about so many things. We've got to be careful to not be worried and burdened about so many things. God is in control. The only one thing, only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part. We choose what to spend time on, we choose what to focus on. We need to choose the better part. Yes these other things need done. We need to do that chore and this chore and that chore and this chore. Other things need done. We don't neglect the things that need done. We don't neglect the work of the ministry. We don't neglect the things that we need to do, our bills, the washing of clothes, the mopping, the sweeping, the dusting. These things need done. So we don't neglect those things, but We have to look upon Jesus as we do these things, that we're doing these things unto the Lord, that what we do and anything that we do, we do unto the Lord. And whatever we do, we do unto the Lord. Praise God. We do it to serve God. And as servants of God, it is not burdensome to serve the king if we love the king. It is not burdensome to be the servant if we love our Master. We don't want to leave our Master. We will stay with our Master forever and ever and ever. We love Him, and He treats us well. And we are not burdensome because that we love the Master. Amen. Praise God. Only one thing is necessary. That is to put our eyes on Jesus. Choosing the good part.
2: Amen. Now let's look at that was Luke ten. Let's look at the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter one twenty three. Psalms chapter one twenty three. Verses 1 and 2. Psalm number
0: 123. Praise God. Psalm 123, verse 1. To you I lift up my eyes. Talk about the Lord. Talk about God. talking about Jesus. To you I lift up my eyes. So often we are looking down. burdensome, Tired. Weary. Wore out. But we lift up our eyes. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. God is still on his throne. He is in control. Look to Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of the servant look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of the maid to the hand of her mistress so our eyes look to the Lord, our God. Look to the Lord, all capitals, almighty, all great, A to Z, the fulfillment of all things, our finish line, the and finisher of our faith, our King, our Lord, and our God. So our eyes look to the Lord. Our God, until he is gracious to us. Amen. Praise God. Look at the book of 1 John over there next to the book of Revelation. 1 John chapter 1.
2: Let's read this entire chapter, God willing. 1 John 1, entire chapter. Book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 1. This John that wrote this book
0: is the same one that wrote the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Same John, wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Also the same who wrote the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, verse 1. What was from the beginning what we have heard, the Word of God? What we have seen, the Word of God, with our eyes. What we have looked at, and touch with our hands concerning the word of life. We need to look and touch. We need to have a touch of God, touch the hem of His garment, pressing through the crowd, pressing through all the trials, all the tribulations, all the obstacles, all those that stand in the way, all those that would hinder us from reaching Jesus, touching Jesus, seeing Jesus, having that healing, that touch of God that would make us whole, press through the crowd, press through all the burdens of life, through all the worries, all the burdens, all the obstacles, all the darkness of the world. Press through and look and touch Jesus Christ, the word of life. Verse 2, and the life was manifested. He manifests Himself to us through His Holy Ghost. And the life was manifested. And we have seen. Have you seen God? We have seen and testified. If you are able to testify, then you have seen God. If you have seen God, you should be able to testify. For we overcome the devil through the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies, and because we love not our lives unto the death, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse three, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you, we testify to you, we proclaim to you, we share it with you, we preach it, evangelize it, publish it to you also so that you too, so that you too. We've seen Jesus. We share it with others so that you too may have fellowship with us, become part of the body, become part of the church, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. If we want joy, we need to testify more. If we want joy, we need to share the good things of God with others. If we want joy, we need to speak of God. If we want joy, we need to look at God and share what we saw with others and testify to the world, overcome the devil through our testimonies of all the miracles, all the blessings, all the ancient prayers, everything that's happened to us, our testimonies of God. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Verse 5, this is the message. It's the Torah, the message, no. This is the message. This is the message. We have heard from Him and announced to you that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. There is no evil. There is no barrenness turned. There is no shadow in Jesus Christ. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. How much truth exists in us? How much light exists in us? How much are we walking in the light? And how much are we walking in darkness? Are we making liars of ourselves? Are we liars? Are we walking in the light? Are we keeping the Ten Commandments? Who are we? Children of the light or children of the darkness? Children of the day or children of the night? Who are we? Are we shining our light or are we walking in sin? If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7. But if, but if we walk in the light, that's a lifestyle. That's not five minutes a day. That's not one hour a day. That's not every now and then. It's not one day a week. It's not just on the Sabbath. But if we walk in the light, that's a daily walk in the light, as he himself, that's walking in Walmart in the light, that's walking everywhere you go, walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, is he himself in the light only once a week. No, he is always in the light, even as he himself is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The more we walk in the light, the less we're going to sin. So keep walking toward the light. Keep focusing on the light. Keep looking at the light. Keep walking toward the light, walking in the light, And get so close, so close, drawn in, closer, 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 and closer to Jesus Christ until you are one. There will be no sin in you. It is possible to live without sin. We have all sinned. Let's not make liars of ourselves. We have all sinned. I have sinned. I must confess my sins. But it's not impossible to do away with it. It's not impossible to be cleansed from the sin, to be delivered from the sin, to come completely out of the darkness and to walk only in the light. We don't want to be sitting on the fence, both light and dark. Only one side. Choose this day who you will serve and serve Him day and night, but not in burdensome, but in joy. Amen. Verse 8. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, see, people want to quote verse 8 to stay in their sin, but they don't quote verse 9. Everybody wants to quote verse 8 to say, yes, I have sinned. That it's okay to have sin because I have sinned because everybody has sinned, therefore I can sin. But they leave out verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and not just forgive us, but to cleanse us, to deliver us, to make us sin-free. Then we should not go out and wallow back in the the mud again. We don't go back and wallow out in the mud again. We stay in the light. Stay clean. He is faithful. He is faithful. If we prepare for sins, like I said earlier, The light manifests the sin. The light manifests what your sins are, reveals to you what your sin is. We no longer say, I don't know what I've done to deserve this, because we know what we've done. The light reveals it to us. We confess our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, not just a little bit of it, not just certain things, that every bit, all unrighteousness that is, is in our heart, all the unrighteousness in our minds, all the unrighteousness in our life, every bit of it will flee. The closer we get to the light, the more that we walk in the light, the darkness cannot exist. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So we have to confess our sin. But then he cleanses us. From our sins and then we do not no longer walk in the darkness. You can't sit at the devil's table and the Lord's table at the same time. You cannot partake of both things. How can we say we walk in the light if we walk in darkness? We've got to get rid of the darkness. We've got to get rid of the sin. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for sin. No excuse. God always makes a way out. He always makes a way of escape. Always. That is His Word. That is His promise. That is the Holy Scriptures. It is true. It is faithful. It is accurate that He always make a way of escape. There's no excuse for my sin. i got to get right. We all must confess that we have sinned and get
2: right. With God, our time is short. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Look at these ten verses here, 1 John chapter 3, ten verses.
0: 1 John 3 verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. Do we act like our Father? Children of God. Do we act like we're children of God or do we act like children of who? Do we act like children of the devil or the children of God? We need to make our Father proud, obey our Father, respect our Father. Is not that one of the Ten Commandments to honor our Father and our Mother and who what greater Father than our Heavenly Father. All children of God, such we are. I heard on the radio, I think it was today, perhaps, and if not, then yesterday, about some group somewhere, I think in Africa or Middle East or somewhere, wherever it was, about some group of people that could say, oh, it was some kind of Indian group in, in America, some kind of Indians up in Wyoming or something.
2: And they were saying that these
0: people consider themselves as holy people. Do we consider ourselves as holy people? We should. We should consider ourselves as saints. And I've heard people say, "Well, I'm not a saint." Well, you need to be. We need to be a saint. And people always excuse for this, excuse for that, or uh, excuse. We need to be a saint. That's what the Bible wants to call us. That's what the Word of God wants to call us. That's what the Father wants to call us. That's what our Lord and Savior, He wants to call us saints. There are such a thing as saints. There are saints here on this earth. I don't know where they are, but there are saints here on this earth. We need to consider ourselves holy unto the Lord. Holy. We need to become That bride, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, it is not impossible. It is written in the Scriptures that He is coming back for such a bride. He is
2: coming back for such a a church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Verse 1 again. Chapter 3, verse 1, see how great a love the Father has
0: bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. Now, if we are children of God, then we are not fully yet what we are going to be. Because he's not coming back for children. He's coming back for a fully mature bride. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because
2: We will see him just as he is. So we're going to pause there because
0: we hold services outdoors and In this situation, we have times that come that we must pick up and move, go to another location. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pause there, and we're going to go to another location, and then we're going to come back on the air again, and we're going to pick up from there, and we're going to continue this service. I know I give many, 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 many scriptures, that uh, I believe that they're needful for us to get this word into us, Let it seep in, breathe deep in this dark hour that we're in, that this word of God gets in us, and that all of us be shared. So we're going to take a break anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and uh, what you can do is you can sign up, for a text message to be sent to your cell phone or email sent to you when we are going to reconnect. And we will send that message. Now if you have a cell phone, you can send the word watchman, one word, watchman or a watchman on the wall, one word, send the word the text, the word watchman to I believe it's eight four
2: four eight three But we'll double-check that. And if you want it to be sent a newsletter, I mean an
0: email instead of a text message, then you can um, sign up on the website. And it's probably only going to be only about 15 to 30-minute transition here before we come back on the air. So I think it's 84483. Yeah, 84483. You can text the word WATCHMAN, one word, to 84483. And then we will send you a text message about reconnecting Right now it's 3.33, so we're probably going to reconnect maybe about 3.45 or maybe 4 o'clock, something like that, Eastern time. You can also sign up for email uh, rather than in case you don't have a cell phone. For email, you go to uh, the newsletter. You just go to the main ministry website, isawthelightministries.com. I saw the light and look for the very bottom
2: of the navigation bar, the newsletter. Then, when you come to the newsletter, you will find the link for
0: subscribing to notifications of the newsletter. All right? Now, we're here every Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Every Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And we also have a broadcast in Detroit, Michigan, every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time and Cincinnati, Ohio radio broadcast every Wednesday morning at 11.30 a.m. All this information and more is available on the main ministry website, i saw the i saw the We're going to take a break here, move locations, and then we'll be right back about 15 to 30 minutes and we will send a text message just before we connect. And you can connect back at the same phone number and also on Shoe as well. Thank you for listening. And we hope that you will reconnect with us again here in a few minutes.
2: But may God bless you in amazing ways. Amen.